I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Hello and welcome back to Practical Stoicism. This is me making up for the fact that I didn't record an episode on Friday, and it's a little bit of a rant. I'm kind of mad at Epictetus. I didn't think I would ever be mad at Epictetus, but I'm kind of mad at him. And I wanted to work through why I'm mad, and of course, mad is a little extreme. I'm not shaking my fist at the sky and screaming to myself in my house or anything, but I find this thing that I'm upset about to be interesting to think about. So sometime after the founding of Stoicism in 300 BCE by Zeno, we get this character named Aristo. And Aristo is a guy who thinks that the distinction between preferred indifference and dispreferred indifference is unnecessary. It shouldn't be taught because all indifference are just indifference. There's not good ones and bad ones. There's just indifference. And I think that this is a conclusion that anyone who comes to Stoicism, reads the text, and tries to become a good practitioner of the philosophy arrives at, that there really isn't any such thing as a dispreferred indifferent or a preferred indifferent. But there's something that Aristo misses, I think, and that's the value of presenting the idea of indifference in this framing to people who are brand new to the philosophy, because we don't learn everything all at once. And, you know, we need baby steps to really learn complex ideas and concepts. And so while I think it's true that everyone arrives at Aristo's conclusion, given enough practice and reading and implementation and thinking on their own, I think that Aristo really missed the point that the value of having that distinction early on, even though eventually you realize maybe it wasn't as useful, was that it helps new practitioners, new students to get good, so to speak, to enter in at a beginner's level and grow as they learn more and as their capacity for understanding some of this stuff improves. So fast forward to Epictetus's time, and Epictetus makes a mistake in logic that I think is similarly frustrating. He doesn't like academic texts. In fact, there are multiple instances of him kind of deriding his students by saying, you know, just because you know the text, that doesn't really matter. What's important about Stoicism is that you are learning Stoicism and applying Stoicism. And Musonius Rufus, who was Epictetus's teacher, did something kind of similar. 
there's a fragment or a lecture where he says something along the lines of, you know, who would you rather have? And I might be confusing him for Epictetus here, but I don't think I am, but I may be. So just put that in the back of your head. But one of them says, which would you rather have? A doctor who is really book smart, but who has never performed surgery, or a doctor who maybe isn't that book smart, but has performed many surgeries and is practiced. Which of those two would you want to perform surgery on you? The obvious implication being that the more valuable of those two individuals is the person who has practical experience, not the person who's just book read. And whether or not it was Epictetus or Musonius Rufus who said that thing in particular, that example I'm giving, they both gave examples like this more than once. And it's bothersome because what it suggests is that instructors don't have an inherent value, which is ironic because that's what Epictetus is doing. He's teaching, but it's the reason he doesn't write things down, or it's the proposed reason that he didn't write things down, is that he doesn't want people to be so obsessed with the texts that they think they're expert Stoics because they know the text, while in real life they practice nothing and they're only book smart. It's almost like people are deifying texts and seeing knowledge of text being the real valuable thing instead of the practice of the philosophy being the real valuable thing, the whole point, which it is, of course. But I'm reading John Sellers right now, his book, Stoicism, which I would recommend getting the digital copy of because the print copy in hardcover is almost $600 and the paperback is like $40, whereas the Kindle edition is still fairly darn expensive for a Kindle edition, but it's only, I think, $30 is what I paid for it. Anyway, I'm reading his book, and he talks about the loss of a lot of Stoic texts, because as you know, as someone who listens to this podcast and who is studying Stoicism in their own way, we don't have a lot of surviving texts. And one of the suggestions by Sellers is that the reason for this is maybe Epictetus, is that he was so famous in his time. There's even a anecdote about a guy who paid like a lot of money, 3,000 drachmas, I think is what was said in the anecdote, for a lamp that Epictetus owned. And so this guy was like a fanboy of Epictetus and wanted to own his lamp and so paid a bunch of money for it. So Epictetus is this really kind of famous figure in his time and for some time after that. So there's this idea of deifying, you know, the individuals and the texts and how this is bad because it gets in the way of the point. And I think that that's something that, you know, we should keep in mind and Epictetus probably rightfully found annoying. But I feel like he makes an error in logic because if we don't have texts, it only takes, you know, maybe a couple of decades for, and I think John Sellers actually says this, that it only takes a couple of generations without texts for it to become impossible to practice a philosophy because there's no way to communicate the teachings. And you might be able to say you could keep it alive as an oral tradition, but in a world where we have Roman emperors exiling Stoic philosophers and philosophers in general from Rome, and they're scattered all over that region of the world, it kind of gets hard to keep a oral tradition alive because everybody's scattered to the winds, right? And this got me thinking about Broicism, which is, of course, a terribly awful misunderstanding of Stoicism. And it made me think, I wonder if the fact that people are able to so wildly misunderstand the philosophy is because Epictetus is because Epictetus, in this very Aristo sense of thinking about it, kind of missing the value of surviving texts and book learning 
encouraged people of his time, followers of Stoicism of his time, to totally miss the value of texts. And so over generations, it becomes necessary for people to fill in gaps that are there because there aren't any texts. And I would argue that Aristo made this same logical miscalculation because they got too caught up in pure Stoicism, likely because they understood it so well that they kind of forgot there was a point where they didn't understand it at all, and the ways that they learned it were either through reading or lecture, and that it was important to, and that it would probably be important to maintain that learning tradition over the long term if the school of Stoicism was ever to survive. And I think that this is something that we see happen in every form of philosophy. I don't know if you've seen this meme, but it's always, you know, a regular brain that has an idea and then like a better brain that has a more better idea. And then like galaxy brain that has the best idea. And the galaxy brain idea is often very far removed from the basic brain idea. And the galaxy brain idea is, of course, the most true version of whatever's being discussed in the meme. And I think that Epictetus and Aristo were like galaxy brains that kind of forgot you start off as a regular brain before you get there and you need some tools in order to enhance your knowledge enough to enhance your practice enough to become sage-like. And like I said, I think that happens in a lot of philosophies. You get to a point where you understand it so well that you look at some of the ways it's taught and you're able to identify with your advanced knowledge how it's not exactly being taught in its purest form at every point along the spectrum of learning, but I think that's how it has to be. And I want to say that this is a really cynical approach, capital C, cynical approach to the idea of learning any philosophy, which maybe isn't surprising in the Stoic tradition because they were so informed by cynicism. At this point, you understand the relationship of Stoicism and cynicism because Zeno only becomes who he was as Zeno because of his tutoring or tutelage, whatever we want to call it, under Crates the Cynic after his famous shipwreck. And it's very cynical to say we don't need books. We don't need written down learning. We just need to practice the thing. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. But how do you teach the thing if all you've got is a bunch of people running around living the thing? At some point, someone who doesn't know someone who's running around living the thing, who might be able to give lectures and such, a person like that is going to need a book. A person like that is going to need an instruction of some kind in order to get started. And I think that this kind of highlights the impracticability of cynicism. And it's probably the reason that I dislike it so much is because it's this pure, hugely impractical way at looking at how to live to the extent that it kills any chance of any wisdom in the cynic outlook or in the cynic philosophy to survive long enough to have any ongoing value to humanity over the generations. And I think that this kind of cynic poisoning was present in Aristo and apparently also present in Epictetus, and that that was to all of our misfortunes, I suppose. Because if nobody cares about texts, then what's the reason to preserve them? And now fast forward a couple thousand years, and what do we have? A bunch of fragments. And really most of what we know about Stoic texts comes from people who are criticizing it. And in their criticizing it, of course, because they're academically honest people, they have to present the arguments. 
So through the presentation of Stoic arguments by people who want to criticize the philosophy, that's where most of our understanding comes from for Stoicism and indeed also cynicism. And maybe that wouldn't have been the case if Aristo-esque thinking, Cynic-esque thinking present in Epictetus wasn't present, because I think what we need in the world is both incredibly competent practitioners— because they become the teachers of the people who have studied enough to become book smart to see the value, because they are teachers of a kind, but also see the value in book learning, because it's how a lot of people will probably start. And even if the people who start in book learning never make it to, you know, the sage-like practice of it's the practice that matters, not the reading that matters, even if they never make it there, I would argue that they're bettered significantly by at least having the knowledge, even if they half-ass the implementation, because that's better than having no knowledge and no assing, no implementation. Anyway, so all that felt very frustrating to me today as I was reading, and I thought I would do this impromptu, unscripted episode to talk about it. What do you think? I would love to hear your impressions on what I've just talked about. What do you think? And that's all I've got for you. So have a great rest of your weekend, or depending on when you're listening to this, the rest of your week, and I will speak to you soon.